thoughts, a reaction to the uh, news with the Brooklyn Nets and Kevin Durant staying put at least to begin the season? What does it mean for the Suns? Here to help us break it down from ArizonaSports.com and Empire of the Suns, Kellen Olson, our guest on the Arizona Sports Line. Kellen, how are you? It's doing well. Thanks for having me. Uh, we've kind of tossed around the word temporary, and maybe this is a temporary solution for Kevin Durant in Brooklyn, uh, just considering all the possibilities. Uh, are you of that belief, or do you think that this thing is ironed out and he's in for the long haul? Yeah, I, I can't really buy into anything other than temporary right now. Uh, I, I was really surprised, to be honest, it, not only just because of how public this entire thing was, but how long it, it, it sort of lasted and, and how much it seemed like Kevin Durant tried a couple of different things. He, I, I mean, like on a scale of 1 to 10, he probably went to about a 6 or 7, and he could have really extended it into that 9 and 10 range of not showing up to training camp, and that, and that was something that we were kind of exploring as a possibility here in the last couple of weeks the longer this dragged on but he, he he didn't go there i mean the interesting thing wrapped up in all this of course is that brooklyn's got a pretty darn good basketball team over there if mm-hmm. if everything goes relatively well but i don't know how you can possibly expect that after everything that they went through this offseason with like is Kyrie saying is he going and then the same thing here with durant and then the whole question of ben simmons but if all three of those guys play and they play relatively well you only need a an okay decent cast or around those three to, to not only make the play playoffs would make some noise there but we'll see uh we'll see how things wind out over the course of the regular season and then of course if like you said this is just a temporary thing until i don't know they, they get better offers in a year for kevin durant i'm not really quite sure what has to change for them to for, for kevin durant personally for for him to stay there yeah do you think kellen if the Suns are committed to wanting kevin durant that their chances of getting him just improved because it seemed like according to all reporting and spec- Speculation that the Suns did not have the pieces to make Brooklyn happy, and now that nobody else seemingly can, and they've decided to kind of call a truce on it, does it buy the Suns time to make this deal later? I think there's a chance for sure. The, the whole misconception with DeAndre and his involvement, from, from everything that I understood and just the reporting that was out there, the reason that Brooklyn didn't want DeAndre and was not not because of DeAndre specifically, but just because of the team signing and trading for DeAndre and was going to be hard capped, and, and that was something that for any team trying to sign and trade for him this offseason was really going to um, tie their hands up for the rest of the offseason. Some teams were in positions where that made sense and they were going to be okay, and it, it didn't sound like Brooklyn was one of them. So, so January rolls around, DeAndre plays relatively well. Is that something where they can expect uh, if we get the kind of season we expect from DeAndre, I should say, rather, is Brooklyn going to be interested in DeAndre? And if they are, are the Suns in a position where they're interested in Kevin Durant? I think that's the more interesting kind of outlook here is if January rolls around or the Suns in a position where they need to make a big trade. I think it's certainly a lot easier to suggest if the Suns are kind of middling relative to the ex- what we expect out of them. But if they're thriving and they're number one in the West, like we all kind of expect them to be, then should they trade for Kevin Durant, and I'm not really so sure. And that's where this all gets a lot more complicated because you're trading for a guy midseason. Now you all of a sudden have two, three months to get this guy incorporated, completely change the identity of your team before the playoffs in your first crack at a championship. And what we were all talking about with acquiring Kevin Durant uh, it, now as opposed to then is that this first year is probably your best shot at it. Well, now is it your best shot because you've only got three months to adjust. It's a lot of different and, and difficult decisions now as opposed to acquiring him now. 
Kellen Olson, our guest here on the Arizona Sports Line. He's got a uh, piece on the Kevin Durant pursuit and how it failed for the Suns and how they shouldn't be uh, content with continuity after that. You can check it out at ArizonaSports.com. Um, you know, if, if the season starts, Kellen, and this Suns team looks like it does right now, from what you know about this team collectively, about the players individually, uh, and now considering that most of them were, were maybe fearing uh, being traded at some point this, this offseason, how big of a task is it to get that chemistry back uh, to where it was when this team was humming in the regular season? Yeah, I think Dan's column on the site did a really great job of kind of touching over how important chemistry is to this team and how important the vibes are to this team and how it really is a huge asset for them and really arguably is is their biggest strength just in terms of how well they get along and, and just how well they sort of come together in, in really trying moments. Of course, they weren't able to do it in the postseason, but during the regular season, I think it's easy to forget after how the postseason went just how relentless the team was in the regular season and just how many really trying and like testing moments they had where they came together and those vibes were such a big deal so that's the question not only with Mikel and, and Cam Johnson and, and Jay Crowder but a guy like DeAndre Ayton as well where you, you can kind of uh, use semantics I guess to, to talk about Mikel Cam but I don't think you can use semantics at all to bring up DeAndre Ayton and how questionable his future was with the Suns I think that's kind of an undoubtedly the case so I, I just wonder how much that is going to change things around the locker room if at all because if it does just a bit. It's going to affect this team. I don't think it will, though, because the Suns, luckily for them, have Monty Williams in charge, who is the perfect guy to sort of orchestrate this and make sure everyone is right within where they need to be and also just their role on the team as well. Yeah, and and I think the other thing is, too, is an acknowledgement that the chemistry has already been damaged based on what we saw at the last few weeks of the season, so it's going to have to be rebuilt anyways, and and they can just you know rebuild it 2.0, if you will. All right, when, when you look at this basketball team let's 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 assume now that Kevin Durant is off the table and the Suns realize that you know what maybe maybe it's best that we just table this for a complete season we know they've added Damian Lee we know Dario Saric is back we know that JaVale McGee is gone what what do they need to add and where do they find it yeah, Dan, I've been joining your guys' show, it feels like, for, for 18 months now and talking about another ball handler, which, which is crazy that it's been, it's been that long, but it really has been. Right. Just go back to January, really, of this year, but also last year where we were kind of talking mm-hmm. about this and just kind of looking at how they could really add some more options offensively. And I think specifically this postseason was troubling for me, guys, because the blueprint is out for how to play against these guys. That's something we talked about a lot during the Dallas series. When Dallas started crashing the offensive glass and trapping Devin Booker and picking up Chris Paul full court, we're like, here it is. This is what they're going to see every single postseason now with this court, and they're going to continue to see it. And to me, it's how do you solve that issue with, with moves? And, and to me, the most obvious thing is, is bringing in another ball handler, bringing in someone who is really going to be effective playing alongside Devin Booker or Chris Paul. I'm not saying in the starting line for anything, but looking for another backup point guard because I, I don't know how you can look at the way the campaign and Landry Shamit played last season, no offense to them, and, and, and bet on them this year. And right now, the Suns are positioned to bet on both of those guys at Dan Vince because they're the only other ball handlers on the team besides Chris and Devin, and that's kind of a crazy thing to say right now considering what we looked at happened last postseason and the postseason before that with Chris's health as well. 
and just how you want to take less off of him. And you think of a situation where Devin gets hurt in the first round like he did last year. Chris had to do so much that it clearly wore on him a little bit earlier than he probably wanted it to. And then it really affected him in that Dallas series, I think. So that's where you got to look there. And if that's not something that's possible, I think upgrading the four spots we've talked about for a while. I just think that they need another source of offense, really, within within this team. And, hey, maybe that can be DeAndre. Maybe Mikel Bridges or Cam Johnson really steps up. I don't think it's fair to expect that out of Jay Crowder, which is why I mentioned a trade more than anything else. But I think it's pretty clear somewhere in the top six, seven of, of this team, they need another source of offense. And that kind of contradicts their style of play a little bit, to be honest, in the point five with the way Monty Williams wants to play. But at the same time, they've been eliminated now twice from the postseason in, in fairly similar ways, in my opinion. And I think they've got to address it. Kellen Olson, our guest here on uh, Bickley and Murata Mornings. Before we let you go, you mentioned Jay Crowder. He's been cryptic on a couple of occasions on social media. Doesn't <laughs> seem very happy for whatever reason right now. Uh, you th- what are the possibilities of Jay Crowder getting moved? I imagine there's a market for a guy with his skill set and, and, and his compete level and an expiring deal. So what, what do you think of the chances of that are, Kellen? Yeah, when, when you look at what I just kind of talked about and, and how they could upgrade the roster, expiring contracts are going to be the way to go typically. And, and that's Jay, that's Dario Sarge. I believe that's Tory Craig and campaign as well. Campaign has a partial guarantee or either, I believe it's a fully non-guaranteed deal for him in his third year and he's going to be in the second year of his deal. So those are the types of contracts you could pile together to go grab a name. But Jay is, is a really interesting guy to bring up because the way in which this this team is sort of constructed, Jay is perfect for it because you don't really need to run plays for him and he holds together one of the best defenses in the league and I, I've always said it every year that his contribution to this defense is really underrated in how he's helped Mikel Bridges get better. Mikel cited him like the guy who just uh, came up second in Defensive Player of the Year said Jay was like critical to helping me kind of figure out how to be a better overall defender not only all, on the ball but off the ball. Obviously DeAndre, a, a defender like him, it's speaks to how important Jay has been for him just in terms of communication, just in terms of leadership. And then offensively, I just always think that he's been an underrated guy. I thought he was excellent in the Dallas series. He was excellent in the finals. But they do need a little bit more of that scoring and I think that's where you look at a guy like Jay as well. We're looking at contract extensions going around. Why shouldn't he want a contract extension, right? That's something that he can kind of talk about in the last year of his deal. And he should want one. And and look, there's no reason why the Suns shouldn't want him back longer just given the sort of contribution they've gotten from him in the last few years, but just everything that I've been talking about for the last couple of minutes kind of leads you to think otherwise and think that they might look to go somewhere else and then look if they agree to a contract extension with Cam Johnson, then making an extension for Jay Crowder doesn't make a lot of sense. So there are reasons for him to be unhappy and, and, and that's all obviously not, not a good sign, right guys? Because you want to keep everyone happy as, as much as possible and they've already got a couple of guys we talked about DeAndre, McKellen, Cam, and you hate to add Jay to that mix for sure. Kellen, great stuff as always. Thanks so much. 